0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Christina Brunn-Peterson about flexibility as the key to women succeeding in the workplace. Christina Brunn peterson welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me.
0: It is a pleasure to have you on today. This is a HCI podcast special for International Women's Day. You're joining us from Denmark. We're going to be talking about flexibility as the key to women succeeding in the workplace and really try to unpack that. And of course, you are a woman, you are international, and I think you you have just such an amazing career. I'll be sharing your bio here in a moment, um, but I, I think you have a lot of perspective to bring to this. I think it'll be a fascinating conversation. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day and schedule to share your insights with me and my listeners. As we get started, I wanted to share Christina's bio with everybody. Christina, Brun Peterson co-founded WorkSum in 2016. Today she leads the Flexible Revolution as WorkSum's Chief People Officer. Her focus is on creating and delivering both flexible and supportive and inclusive environment for employees and a best-in-class hiring experience for candidates. As a thought leader and change maker for the global HR community, Christina is passionate about making the future of work a reality. To do so, she believes in supporting four fundamental initiatives at work, a people-first company culture that is inclusive, authentic and sustainable, trust and strength-based leadership, a flexible workplace that fosters agility and autonomy, and innovation driven by diversity and inclusion. I think all four of those areas are fantastic, super important. We need to be spending more time and attention on each of those. And it makes sense as the chief people officer that those would be areas of your focus. Uh, Anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background or personal context before we really dive on into the conversation?
1: No, well, I, uh, I think it really sums it up, right, to really essentially be able to support people in maximizing pro- professional uh, potentials. And this is definitely what we're really trying to, to do at Workson to, to, to have, you know, this organizational trust installed everywhere for, to, to, in order for people to, to shine and really um, be able to take ownership um, and, uh, yeah, maximize on their strengths.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. And maybe can you start, tell us a little bit about Worksome? I haven't really introduced that. Um, you co-founded it in 2016. What is WorkSum? What are you doing? And then we can get into more of the specific topic for today.
1: Yeah. So, so WorkSum is, is basically the home for your contingent workforce. Um, and what we really want is to make work better by giving people and businesses um, ultimate freedom to work in the most flexible way possible with zero friction. So this is our, you know, key driver for, for, uh, for, for, building this business. And, and we founded worksome to be the first, um, End to end solution for managing a continued workforce, um, connecting companies and freelance top talent um, all over the world in an easy and uh, compliant way. Um, yeah, so so we really believe in, in a future where you know careers are driven by meaningful work and flexibility. Um, so so this is uh, this is definitely the mission we're
0: on. Yeah, I love it and. That's the reality that we're in. You you talk about making the future of work a reality. The reality is we're in the future of work. We're much further along uh, than I think many people thought we would be, you know, a a few years ago, pre-pandemic. The pandemic has really accelerated us into this future and the contingent workforce, the distributed workforce, uh, the geographical barriers to how we hire uh, and engage with our workforce you know, those have been broken down. And we've learned over the last couple of years how to really uh, engage more effectively with distributed teams. So we need to, you know, really get into this, we can't just put it off, the future of work is now, Uh, it's only going to continue in this trajectory. Um, And so all of that is super important. I think you bring that perspective to the table, which is really, really valuable. Uh, the other piece of this, and you talked about flexibility. So worksome, you're all about flexibility, doing it in a compliant way, obviously, uh, but, you know, granting more flexibility, flexibility for workers, flexibilities, uh, flexibility for organizations. And as we kind of layer that over the top of women in the workforce and, and the related issues, flexibility re- really can be a key component to to leveling the playing field and giving women more opportunity. I think about the progress, slow but some progress being made in terms of gender equality in the workplace, but many suggest that over the course of the last 2 years during the pandemic we've set back women's equality in the workplace even a generation, which is horrible. And so we 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 need to be mindful of this, and we need to do more proactively to try to, to balance the scales and to give people uh, really a, a fighting chance. One of the reasons why, probably the main reason why the pandemic set women back so much is we know that women tend to disproportionately take on child care, elder care, housework, and home tasks, and those sorts of things Uh, and, and because of that, and the, and the challenges during the pandemic and, you know, trying to help kids who are home from school and all of the sorts of things, women really took a step back. Those who were able to make it all work tended to have more flexible opportunities. And when we have flexible opportunities, we can juggle and balance and we can deal with family matters. We can uh, do good work for our firm. Um, ultimately, you know, that's been what's helped some women to continue to succeed. And that really will be a path forward for many women who perhaps had to leave the labor market, uh, the labor, the workforce during the last couple of years and want to re-enter. So with all that said, I'm, I'm, I'm talking too much. I want to give you a chance to talk. Uh, Tell us more about how you see flexibility, workplace flexibility, whether that happens through remote hybrid work, distributed work, contingent work, how is this going to give women the opportunity to succeed in the future?
1: <clears throat> yeah, so I, I very much agree that I think COVID definitely put a fast forward on the future of work, and what you like what you say, the future of work is is now. And I, I definitely believe that this resonates with a lot of people um, out there as well. Um, I definitely feel that flexibility is key, not only to women, but definitely to the younger generations who want to work more freely and flexible and basically be able to build a career based on core competencies more than just looking for the next full-time opportunity. So I think the perception of work has changed massively. And this is a premise that we as you know companies have to really accept and get if we want to build uh, a competitive edge. Um, when it comes to attracting and retaining top talent so it's definitely not something that only goes for women but yes i can definitely also you know see how flexibility has been a massive opportunity for women to redesign their career paths basically because we were all forced to think about you know some of us did this by you know uh, motivation uh, because we truly believe in this but a lot of companies were forced into thinking about how can we redesign um, career paths um, and how can we make sure that our employees stay on board and i think The great resignation in itself was just a great reflection and great opportunity for a lot of people to reflect and maybe say, hey, you know, what can we learn from this crisis and innovate on top of that and build back better, basically. Uh, And that's also why I I really see that the bargaining power has shifted and a lot of employees today, you know, are concerned with different kind of benefits and perks and really want to, you know, um have a lot of con- concerns about the culture and really see this as as key drivers and elements for them to take on their next opportunity but so flexibility should definitely be part of the fundamental building blocks when you you know design your organizational structures as a company if you want to stay competitive in the long run um in this world for talent right
0: yeah absolutely and you're you're right this isn't just something that's going to be helpful to women. We know that so many people really appreciate the autonomy, the flexibility to work in a way that makes sense for them at a time that makes sense for them, for organizations that they're really passionate about, whether or not they live anywhere close to, you know, where the physical location is or the headquarters is for that organization. And, uh, and younger workers in particular, like you said, uh, they, they're, they're, just really craving this. They, they're, they're demanding it. And if they're not getting it, they're going somewhere else. Exactly. Uh, and so with all of that said, there really has been, we've already started to see how uh, greater levels of flexibility have a disproportionate positive impact uh, on women, especially women who have previously been negatively uh, impacted uh, and, and had to deal with inequities due to, you know, the, the imbalance in home care, childcare. All of those sorts of things. Uh, I've done a good amount of research in this area myself, primary academic research. On the one hand, it's positive because it shows us path forward. On the other mm-hmm. hand, it's really sad. It's really very frustrating. And it shows us how far we haven't come and how much more we need to do. Uh, and so if we can, if we can as organizations try to think through and really critically consider the policies, practices, the norms that exist within our organization, what needs to be there and what just exists um, as, as a relic of the past. Uh, And in many cases, work was designed for straight white men, you know, 50, 60 years ago, which of those elements are actually essential. And, and I think most of what what we're going to find is most of them just aren't. (laughs) And so we can start to rethink, we can start to redesign and, and that will, Uh, in and of itself, as we break down the systems of inequality, it'll provide more opportunity.
1: Yeah. And I think it's just basically, you know, what good looks like has changed. And now we really understand, we have to understand how to incorporate, you know, um, a mindset based on diversity inclusion from the very beginning, uh, and really you know, allow this to act as a key business driver for, you know, our companies, and I think that's basically where it all starts, to not focusing on the metrics, um, but seeing diversity in a more holistic perspective, and make sure that it's incorporated in all aspects of your company, um, make sure that it's not only, um, Diversity, you know, and gender or race and, you know, but but also allowing diversity of thought to really make sure that you, you know, create that sense of belonging for for everyone in, in the company and make sure that people feel valued for, for what they bring to the table, um, not despite differences, but because of differences basically and putting them into play and and make this, you know, turning it into an innovation driver for your business. Um And in that comes working with, you know, women uh, in general, underrepresented groups. Um, But I, but for me, it's very much seeing this um, in an individualized perspective and really understand, you know, what are the value priorities of the individual? And this is how we work uh, at Worksome as well and really take this, uh, this bottom-up process to how we work with culture to, to, to allow us to understand how can we support the organization and individuals in the best possible way um, on their Worksome journey uh, to feel empowered and inspired and, and uh, um, happy over time.
0: will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Academy. Courses, micro-credentials, and certificates to upskill and reskill for the future of work. All HCI Academy courses, micro-credentials, and certificates are designed, developed, and delivered by award-winning and internationally renowned scholars, educators, thought leaders, executives, and practitioners. Our courses, micro-credentials, and certificates will help you make your mark on the future of work and make an immediate impact in your organization's. We look forward to having you join us. And one of your core fundamental initiatives that you outlined, and that I read in your your bio, is you know a people first company culture that is inclusive, authentic, and sustainable. I, I love that. I think it's amazing. Uh, I I'm all for people-centric organizations, human-first organizations. And if, if we have that as an espoused value within our organization, uh, it's aspirational. Chances are we're not there yet. Chances are you know, we have a lot of work to do. Um, but if that's on the forefront we and we can consider how all of our decision-making uh, connects back to and relates to that core value, uh, that perspective, uh, it will I think allow us to take a critical look uh, yeah. and and challenge the status quo, challenge the norms that exist and 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 question you know if if that needs if that particular policy, the practice procedure needs to be there. Uh, and when I think of authenticity, for example, uh, how many women for generations have had to kind of check who they are at the door when they get to work um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think it's just so important when we talk about the value of diversity and inclusion, you know, those perspectives of, of females and women of color and, and other marginalized populations, it's incredibly valuable to the organization from like a bottom line dollars and cents perspective. Um, but in terms of like helping, you know, someone bring their whole authentic self to the workplace to find meaning and purpose and engagement in their work, um, how important is that f- for anybody. But in in this case, we're specifically talking about women, how important is it for them to be able to come? And I mean, we can't just compartmentalize every aspect of our life. And, And if I'm a woman, and I have children, say, during the pandemic, who are having to do schooling from home, and I'm trying to juggle, you know, work, life, family, community, like all these different things. And then I'm like, somehow expected to just check everything that makes like most of who me, who, who I am, check that at the door and then just come to the workplace and not think about or have any of that bleed in. It's, it's silly. It's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's not healthy. Right. And so when we create environments where truly everyone can be authentic and genuine and that they, they can feel supported, then that's, that's going to open the doors for women who, who maybe didn't think or consider that they would be, you know, someone who would even want to pursue a leadership role, for example, or whatever. Right. So we we just need to open that door and encourage more individuals to participate and to break down the barriers that are keeping them from participating in those ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For the benefit of the, the individual, but also for the, the businesses, to be honest, um, because I think when you have a high degree of authenticity, you're just a better you. And this is super important. Also, you know, if you, when you hire people, of course you, you're absolutely sure that these people are superstars at what they do. And basically they can come in and tell you what to do. But if you do not allow this to happen, they're really, you know, uh, conduct themselves in the most um, authentic way possible then you will not see the full potential of that individual. So I think it's also to really understand how it can benefit the companies going forward and really allow companies to build that competitive edge um, when it comes to to, uh, winning over top talent, which is is so key for us um, as, you know, and staying successful as a company.
0: Yeah, and and we've been talking around the issue of flexibility. Of course, flexibility in the abstract, we I, I think everyone can say, yeah, that's important. That's that's something that people value. Let's let's talk more specifically now about like what types of flexibility are useful uh, and, and really helpful, as, especially uh, as we think about marginalized populations and women.
1: Yeah, so, so we tend to, you know, we tend to focus the discussion very much around from where you work, right? So um, the on-site versus working from home, but at worksome it's also important for us to, to focus on, for instance, where you work, but also how you make decisions. So do I have the autonomy to, to you know make decisions um, centered around the work I do. Um, it's also very much about collaboration. So when can I shift gear, right? When can I, am I allowed to be in the zone really having some focus time uh, and and then just say now I'm, I'm up for, you know, collaboration. Um, it's also about values from my perspective. So when we talk about flexibility, we as an organization need to understand that the individual's, um, you know, um, making up or organizations have personal values, which they should be able to put into play at WorkSIM as well. Um, and of course, there the diversity, right? So it's important for us to really make sure that, you know, we're flexible, we're open, we're curious on different perspectives, that we, so that we can really, you know, create that, Uh, inclusive culture and make sure that we utilize all the knowledge and great perspective we have to allow us to to stay innovative over time. And of course, it's also um, about education, like this educational perspective on what are people's backgrounds and how can we benefit from that as well. So for me, flexibility is a broad term. And I think it's important for us to talk about flexibility in a more you know nuanced way, and not only focus on from where to work because I know it's it's definitely a, a key thing in, in this aspect, right but if we really want to be able to incorporate flexibility in our organizational structures, we have to kind of get the term right in, in a broader um, in a broader sense
0: so certainly flexibility in terms of you know physical being physically in the workplace versus hybrid or remote uh flexibility uh, in terms of you know or say you're headquartered in New York City do you need to actually live there and commute in that's that's an incredible burden that i think many people have realized over the last couple of years it's just not, not something they're willing to put up with anymore so you know uh you know the the cost of living the the commute the traffic, the ha- the hassle, the headache, right? Uh, and, and people just want their life back. They don't want to be spending three hours plus a day commuting. And so, you know, there's those components. So can people be, you know, say if I'm in the United States, can I live anywhere in the United States or internationally? Can I be, literally be anywhere as long as I can connect, you know, when needed, so we can have live synchronous interactions as needed. Uh, but then I can also work asynchronously on my own time zone. Um, yeah. Flexibility in terms of time of day. Uh, some, you know, this, this whole eight to five kind of a work day, that's a product of the past. And it works oh, right. for a lot of people, and that's fine if it works for you. But some people like to get up early and work. Some people want to work late. Some people want to interrupt their day. Some people, they're going to work much better if they can just you know, go work out for an hour in the middle of the day, right? Without having to worry about anyone looking over their shoulders saying, why aren't you at your desk, right? Um, Some people want to be able to pick their kids up from school and help them with their homework and then go back and work more later when the kids are in bed. Like there's all these different formats and every person's different. What everyone needs is different. And so all of these forms of flexibility are really going to be important. And research has shown all of these forms of flexibility are very valued by women and very helpful to women, especially if they're trying to re-enter the labor market, if they're trying to consider opportunities for advancement or for leadership roles, when they feel supported and that they have that autonomy, that opportunity to have th- those elements of flexibility, they're going to be much more likely to, to jump in. Um, the And the other piece that you said that I just think is so, so important, you know, flexibility in terms of It's connection in relation to diversity, diversity of thought, diversity of values, and everyone has, you know, hopefully there's alignment with the core organizational values, right? Value congruence is important, but we also need to give a space where everyone can bring their own, you know, unique purpose and value to the work that they do. And, you know, hopefully that's in alignment with the organizational values, but there's still going to be new, unique, creative ways that people can contribute. And we need to create that opportunity. So that flexibility to, to contribute in unique ways, which means often that if, if we're super rigid as an organization, like this is how work gets done, follow these steps, have these outputs, you're stealing that opportunity from people to bring their own value to the work that they do. And frankly, you're you're probably thwarting innovation and creativity and you're taking away the initiative that people might have to find new, better ways to do the work that needs to be done.
1: Exactly. And that's why I, I truly believe in a more individualized approach to flexibility. We can't build a one size fits all. We really need to, of course, we want to provide the frameworks for sure. Like what you said, right. But I also feel that we need to allow differences to exist. So there might be, you know, differences in how teams operate and structure their, you know, uh, their work, um, so that it can cater to all the preferences and needs in that specific team, and and that's all good and fine. We need to allow this, you know, variation to exist if we want to make sure that people can have a sense of belonging. And um, so this is basically where you know I think companies can really mature and. And let go a bit, in, in terms of wanting to design, you know, what is flexibility, and make a structure around that, but 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 really take this, yeah, yeah, it's a bit counterintuitive, right? It's <laughs> ironic,
0: isn't it? That you know. Right? Yeah, it's ironic that people are thinking, how can we make a more flexible workplace? And we're going to do that with all these rigid structures.
1: (laughs) Let's agree on two days in the office and decide on which days. You know, that just doesn't make any sense, right? So the point is really to say what works for you guys and have that bottom-up approach. Um, And it's just a decision and a mindset. It's not to say that, yes, smaller companies can do that. And when you get into this more, you know, a larger company, you can't. It's basically a decision on how you want to, you know, uh, design your structures around flexibility and really like accept the premise that flexibility is, you know, key um, and should be part of, you know, what you build on as a company going forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, Christina. It has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go, but before we close for today, I just want to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can connect with you, find out more about your work and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: Yeah. So of course, uh, reach out to me on LinkedIn, um, and also more than welcome to, to reach out to me on Christina at Worksum.com. Um, just want to say, uh, this is, this is really, you know, the future of, Work is now, and we really need to take this opportunity to build back better and make sure that we do cater to the prevailing preferences and needs in the market. Um, purpose, flexibility, and values are are really what we need to to incorporate and understand if we want to be the winners of tomorrow.
0: Well said, Christina. It has been a pleasure. Happy International Women's Day. Uh, I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Christina and her team at Worksome can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. That you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. Check out Human Capital Innovations Magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out my new book, The Future Leader, Creating and Transforming Next-Gen Organizations. Stemming from two decades of professional experience and over 600 in-depth interviews with executives, thought leaders, and scholars from across the globe, The Future Leader will help you explore the ordinary, everyday actions that will help you to prepare to lead in the future of work, to respond to an uncertain future, and to produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations.